What's up, everyone, and welcome to the FitBeat Report podcast. I'm your host, Christina. For those of you who are new, I would like to welcome you to the podcast. And for those of you who have been here before, I would like to welcome you back. Thanks so much for tuning in and lending me your ears. I hope you enjoy this new episode. So Chino, tell me a little bit about esports. I know there's um, been a lot of talk about this. Um, for me, it's new. I know several friends of m- mine also, um, f- this is new to them. And they've asked me, what is esports? And can you tell us a little bit more about this? And, you know, how did it come about where you're at right now? Gotcha. Well, esports specifically is like the aspect of competitive gaming. Like there's a difference between esports and video games. Esports is the competitive side. Video games is that recreational side. Um, Where I'm at right now, I'm at the Esports Stadium Arlington. We are the largest dedicated esports facility in North America. And essentially we run all the tier one events and we do a lot of the local grassroots events as well. Um, Essentially right now with the marketplace in itself, it's, probably the fastest growing industry in North America uh, with a 30% increase for the past two years. And yeah, it's just, it's a great time to be where I'm at. So it's awesome. So tell me, how did esports evolve? I mean, what, how did it just take off and how did someone just feel like it was going to be a sport and it was going to, you know, become something like it is now where people want to go to a stadium to watch people play and win money? I think the, the way that the pro scene is now, essentially the way that the esports scene was created was through the pros. There was a lot of grassroots events that happened and they're creating the terms professionals and they competed for tournaments throughout the years, starting from like the 2000s with MLG. And essentially the industry was created by those professionals and from there, it's the publishers got involved. They're like, we want to do more within the communities. Then the entertainment districts got involved with the streaming. And now it's just a matter of like putting everything black and white out there. And now it's open to the general public. Now it's academia where Division One colleges, NCAA, are actually offering scholarships for esports-specific uh, industries. And it's just a great time to be here. It's a really great time. And I know you are at the forefront of all of this right now. Um, in Arlington. So in Houston, in, in Texas in general, is this the biggest stadium we have available for esports? So we are actually the largest, not just in Texas, but also in North America. In North America. Okay. So how did this come about? How many people are um, part of the stadium? You know, um, how can people get involved in being a part of the esports stadium in Arlington? So the way that we started was with our three investors, with Ray Davis, who is the owner of the Texas Rangers, Neil Lehman, who is the also co-owner of the Texas Rangers, and Ken Hirsch, who is also the owner of uh, NB Gaming. Those three came together and they said, hey, with the partnership of the city of Arlington, the city of Arlington essentially invested $10 million into their expo side um, that they had their grand hall, and they refurbished it entirely for esports specifics. They worked with the architectural brand called Populous, and they came in in 2017. Essentially worked everything out by 2018, the latter half of it, they opened up. Now, with us specifically, um, to get involved with the Esports State of Arlington, 
the easiest way is just kind of email us, contact us. We we want everybody to be involved. We want to spread the word. We are actually in the process of working with several educational institutions to help them get started in their esports initiative as well. So anything and everything that you guys have in mind, just let us know and we want to help. That's great. So you have a lot of uh, initiatives with the colleges and universities. Um, are, are you doing job placement? Are you doing workforce development for esports as well? How, how is that um, process and what are you guys doing for that? I would say the workforce development portion and work placement, that part is kind of the second, I would say day two items. Day one items is to really, really get the the building to become in a place where we become net positive prior to us doing any, you know, further projections down the line. I believe right now in the industry itself, esports is a very volatile space. And for us as the largest, we always have a larger overhead expenses than as well. So we are always open for people coming in to help us offset the labor. And yeah, again, just going back to it, just send us an email. We'll, we'll make it happen. And so when these people are looking to be placed in esports, what kind of skills are you looking for? What kind of, um, you know, um, culture are you guys um, have there um, at esports? So esports, again, going back to it, it's in the state of infancy where, again, really turning it into the corporate side of things. Esports was very much a grassroots initiative that kind of took off. And again, it's ran by ex-players and ex-professionals. So now it's from my team specifically, I brought in guys from FC Dallas, from the Florida Panthers, from the New York Mets, uh, New York Knicks, uh, Genesco, true you know, traditional sports and bringing them over to the esports side to help essentially build the foundation of what traditional sports is so that we can you know, take that next step in the industry together as an industry. And you know, if we can start from the venue itself, then again, hopefully that can translate to other teams and organizations that come through our facility. That's so true. I feel like we are in a time where this the gaming side is going to just blow up and really um, take off. And there's going to be many more job opportunities that you guys are going to make available as more people join um, this organization that you guys are starting. And right now it's foundation and infancy. So how would someone... Um, who wants to get a job in esports? Uh, what would they take in college? Can they learn the trade from you guys? Or is there certain schools that you would recommend that are already um, developing those skills for people to come and um, be a part of this organization? I would say to answer that question, it's very long winded and I'll shorten it down. <laughs> Essentially, it's like, Again, going back to it, the, my team specifically, right? I built my team around traditional sports. I built my team around traditional corporate America. So why did I do that, right? It's because everything that's in those industries transfers over. So your question now, it's like, what courses do you take? What colleges do you go to? Like, what do you recommend? Go to it all. That's it. Education transfers over from industry to industry. And that's one thing that I believe that every leader in our space can attest to. People are leaving Samsung. People are leaving Coca-Cola. People are leaving Nike to come over to the esports side because, again, it's in the state of infancy. It's volatile. So, again, there's a lot of money to be made, a lot of green, a lot of investor dollars. And also, at the same time, their skills transfer over 
and again, it's about building that foundation of an industry that essentially does not exist just yet. So it's everybody in the professional side, please come over. Uh, everybody that's in college right now, just understand that your skills will transfer over. Again, you think about the traditional sports with journalism. You talk about your producer, your videographer, photographer. You talk about your makeup artist. I mean, just from all over, that transfers over to esports as well. So again, to now to finish that answer, it's like, doesn't matter. Just go out, get your education. Education is very, very important. I know people say education doesn't help. I'm a strong advocate for education does help. It's like, how do you know something when you, you know, haven't learned it? People say trial and error. Trial and error for us, like in the industry itself, doesn't work. It's trial and error comes into a place when you're trying to figure something out. Why are you going to reinvent the wheel when the wheels are created? Follow the wheel, understand the wheel, and then from there, really, really exude confidence in what you're trying to do. That way you're able to enhance something instead of having to take away from your company's time. That's kind of my two cents on that. No, that's really great. That's good to know. So there's parents out there who are going to be watching this, and they definitely have um, you know, questioned me and asked me, and I said, I would ask the professional uh, whenever I do. So that's why those questions are asked. So now, okay, now that we understand a little bit better of the um, possibilities of having employment in esports, and it is going to be a job that many people can get in the future. So whenever this um, is this right here is really big and it's really large. So how how does everything happen? How do you guys form a team and um, open the venue and set everything up? Like what are the play the places of um, the different things that, that the gamers can do um, during when you guys are setting up an event? <laughs> Can you elaborate a little more on that question? All right. So, so tell me, um, when you guys are are having an event and you guys bring in all the gamers and there's others who um, probably want to watch and want to find out more about this. So how would someone be able to like take this and watch the gamers and like come to you guys and say, hey, like we want to be a part of this too. How do we get into this with you guys? Again, going back to just contact us, send us an email, go to our just website, esportstadium.gg. We have all the information on there already for other events that are coming out. If you want to get involved, again, we have an email for that as well. Again, it's just a matter about networking in the esports space. Again, going back to it, in the state of infancy. Like, I'm going to preach that throughout this entire thing. It's, it's young. So because it's young, it's a space where anybody can be everybody and everybody can be anybody. It's just a matter of, again, connecting the, with the right people and putting yourself in a position to become successful. That's okay. Yeah, that's that's really true. I, I forget this is in its infancy and it definitely um, will develop and it will change um, with time. So let's go over to the gamer, gamer side. Um, I know a lot of people have asked me, there's some bad connotation with gamers, right? Um, feeling that it's the mental health space um, is not so healthy. So I would like to ask you, what do you do um, or what do you feel like a gamer should um, be in, in their mental health space? Like, do you guys, like, do you guys have different types of, um, protocols that y'all take so that this doesn't become like a mental health um, issue with people who are playing the games. 
So I would say, again, going back to we are a venue, so we don't really work with players hand in hand. From what I know in the esports space, Call of Duty League, Overwatch League, uh, Riot with their League of Legends and Valorant, uh, I know those like the premier um, leagues, NBA 2K League is another one that's a great one. They have uh, actual psychologists on site with each team specifically, and they work on their mental health. So mental health is definitely a huge initiative within the esports space as a whole from the professional side all the way to the recreational side as well. And I think even hospitals, like one of our partners, uh, Cook Children's with Extra Life, they have a great, great product where it's like, hey, we're actually going to be installing game equipment for their uh, terminal ill patients. And they've come to realize that with re with playing video games, the recovery time has been exponentially like, quicker. And also the people that are, you know, just, just patients that are just right there at the edge of, you know, just like, hey, like, we're not going to be able to like get past today. They've been like sustainable for, again, weeks, months because of video games. And they have some interesting and amazing uh testimonies to uh provide that and it's just it's just an awesome thing video games is truly generational yeah that is it's very true and i feel like there's always um even in real contact sports right there's connotation of like you can be hurt um in the long run and it can affect you even after you play so same thing with gamers i feel like you know that can happen as well at any sport even though this is a um, digital sport so Tell me, Chino, how did how did you get here? How did you get to um, be a part of the esports Arlington? Um, <laughs> again, super long uh, answer. Just I want to shorten it up. Essentially, just one day, you know, I was like bored at work, uh, my normal day to day job. Came over to the stadium, didn't know there was a stadium in Arlington, which I was like, this is crazy, and we are the largest. Walked in played a couple games, saw a buddy of mine that was here as well. And again, we were playing games for a couple hours and then we just essentially started networking around the facility. Found out that again, the president was super young. Uh, they didn't really have any infrastructure in place. They just took over from the previous management team. So they were really, again, just kind of, I would say lost in what they were trying to do. There was no vision with this place, especially coming out of the pandemic. So I was like, you know what? Esports is interesting. Let me see if there's a job behind this. I just kind of communicated with him, uh, told him what my needs were. He's like, yeah, we can make this happen. And then from there, I literally just put my two weeks in, came on over, and then, yeah, just started off, running off, uh, started with partnerships, events, do, doing the whole nine yards, uh, revamping the gaming lounge and the gamer gallery, the player lounge, doing, doing essentially everything just to drive traffic back into the facility. Obviously, once Governor Abbott released the restrictions for COVID, and then bringing in those larger tier events and now bringing in larger tier partners as well into our facility. Yeah, see, so anyone can do the exact same thing. If you're interested in wanting to be a part of esports, you can uh, do a Chino move and go in and just talk to you guys or just be able to connect with you guys to say that, you know, you want to be part of it. With that, do you have to be living in Dallas or can you also be remote? So... For us specifically, my team specifically, I would say you would have to be here in person um, just because, again, our day-to-day, -day, we really, really want to build that culture. You can't build a culture when, you know, 99% of your company is on site and then that 1% is somewhere else. And it's there's a huge disconnect there, and we want to, again, continue to con build the culture that people are like, hey, esports is awesome, and, again, ESA is a great place to work. So. 
So tell us a little bit about the culture. What, do, what can um, they expect for being in eSports Stadium and working there? Number one, it's just be yourself. Um, we've had introverts. Um, two of my directors right now are actually, uh, again, complete extroverts. Um, we have one of our newest uh, promoted uh, directors, Ashton Reed. He's in uh, charge of our events now. And he, he was an um, ex-military, was in the Army. So, again, just very, very diverse. But at the same time, again, you come in here, it's just family. Day one, it's you're accepted. Like, let's make this happen. It's such an inclusive place to be. And all we do is train. We, my, again, going back to education, right? I'm all about educating. My directors are all about, hey, our account managers, our account executive, we need to focus on their development. Because at the end of the day, I want them to work their stuff out of a job. I want them to say, hey, it's like, if I stop showing up for work, you know, I got off when something happens. I know that one of my directors can stay, take a step up. I know one of my VPs can take a step up. Like, essentially, we're just going to move everything up one, and everybody can do something that they were trained for. That way, no one's like, oh, man, I got to figure this out, or I have to go to an outside hire. I want everything internal. I want to be trained. I want, and again, that level of, like, expected, I would say, work, um, what's the word? What's the word? I guess being a little, being a little bit extraordinary, right? Putting in a little more effort. That that was, I would say, that's the culture, the inclusiveness, and again, the effort that you put behind again everything that we do here. So, so with the education part, and we are start, we're gonna start seeing a lot more universities and colleges um, opening up their curriculum to develop this as a curriculum. So, can you tell us from esports, um, you know, side? What are the initiatives being taken right now to um, create a curriculum behind this um, for the universities to say, yes, we are going to allow for students to get a scholarship, play video games, be on a team? How is that going to look like when they are failing, if they fail classes um, and they still want to continue to play? Um, what is that looking like right now as it's being developed? So I can't really speak on what we're working on right now. Um, just know that it's big. Just know that, again, everything that you're talking about, we are finalizing our curriculum. And from there, in, in let's say a couple months from now, we'll be, we might be able to reconnect and I'll, I'll be able to divulge a little more information. But know that, again, it's not just, it's not just a video game that you get to play. Uh, we truly want to tie an educational piece behind it, just like STEM and STEAM. Um, just again, we want to continue to build off of that. That's really good. Um, I know STEM is um, one of our initiatives as well. And we work with girls to expose them to STEM um, for our nonprofit, Pretty Smart Foundation. And we actually do have a gamer side where the kids this past um, summer learned how to make a video game. Um, with Best Buy. Awesome. Yeah, that is real awesome. So it was very interesting to see the whole coding and back end side of it um, and then watching them get to play their own game. So can you kind of just elaborate a little bit as to what you foresee that the future of education or the future of esports is going to be in college? I think colleges are already there. I think uh, all the colleges have um, taken, if not one shape or form of it, whether it be in the varsity program or it be in the club program, 
It's just they've taken hold of esports. They understand that again, the level of connections that you build. It's like you know, there's a kid that's sitting in the corner playing his Nintendo Switch. He's never gonna talk to anybody else. But because they created a club or a varsity program, that kid that's sitting in the corner essentially just comes over, plays in the club, plays in the varsity team, finds friends because they all have the one like-minded thing, and then they're able to build that relationship. And we've seen relationships come from nothing, and now they're, again, a best man at a wedding. And that's something that I've seen just internally with our staff. It's like it's esports is a place that education inclusiveness i mean just the whole nine yards of everything that you can be looking for that essential quote-unquote utopia that's what this is and uh the universities have done a great job of implementing this in their uh schools since i believe 2019 was when they actually started that initiative as a nation so it's a, it's a cool place to be obviously there's colleges that need to catch up but I would say the majority of the colleges in the space have already taken steps towards esports. Okay, so it's taking steps towards esports, colleges and universities. So let's just say we're there already. Everybody's set up. You guys already rolled out your curriculum. And how are you guys? Gonna, are you guys going to be drafting as well, like esports Arlington? You're going to be drafting from the colleges, just like they do for football and other sports. Again, going back to we are a venue, so we're not a team. We're not an organization, so we would never do that. Um, and I say never with, again, a great assault. Maybe we create a team later down the line. But, yeah, we don't have a team. We are not a team. We're a venue. Um, but other organizations I do know, like Envy Down the Street, Dallas Empire, uh, Chicago Optic, uh, you talk about all the other major organizations, they already do those recruiting processes as well. There's platforms like Stay Plugged In, um, I believe eFuse is another one to put yourself out there. And they do a great job at it. And that's from high school to colleges. And then from there, the colleges to uh, the pro scene as well. So, there's again, there's a pipeline that's already created. And now it's just a matter of like, hey, who's going to continue to work on that? Okay, that's true. So many people can find um, clubs or join other organizations if they want to be a gamer, if they want to be a player. Um, so, obviously, you can... Uh, learn this in school, play in school, and then come and join an organization and have your team um, go and play at East Stadium. How does an organization, um, how does the setup look like for the organization at eSports? Um, is this an event that they put on themselves? You guys put it on the schedule. Um, you guys host different tournaments each each week, each month. How does that process look like? So from third-party aspects or internally? Well, from a third party so that um, listeners can understand if they have a team, they want to make a team. Um, how do they get that started with you guys or get that done? And then also to like internally, you can add to that afterwards. Gotcha. Externally, all the leagues that come in, again, they're teams that have buy-in. For instance, Call of Duty League, there's only 12 teams in the league, and there's not a way for you to actually, like, get into the league. There's actually a $27 million buy-in per team. So it's like if you don't have $27 million, you're probably not going to make it into the Call of Duty League. And on top of that, again, it's like that 1%, right? That's 0.01% that makes it to actually becoming professional gamers. So, again, to answer your question, it's like there's not really a way to do it. Overwatch League, I believe, is like $30 million to buy in. Uh League of Legends, that whole circuit is $37 million to buy in. So, again, it's you need an influx of capital to put a professional team in. If you want to create a 
team and play in a weekly tournament, please, by all means, we have weekly tournaments throughout our facility internally. And again, that's just a bunch of recreational gamers and some, um, I guess, uh, aspiring pros that play in our um, tournaments. Go on our website again, esportsstadium.gg. You look it up. We'll have all of our events. Sign up, create your own team, and then join our Discord. And if you don't have a team and you want to build a team, just kind of look for players there as well. So professional teams have buy-ins into the stadium already, and they're already part of the larger associations. Is this where the recreational players are aspiring to play for? Recreational players don't aspire to become a pro. They play the game because they enjoy it. It's their it's their outlet. It's like some people, like pe- I'm going to use a very very bad example. Alcoholics, they cannot decompress without alcohol. Drug addicts need drugs to decompress. So for us, it's like as gamers, when we're done with a very very stressful day, we want to go home and play video games. Playing video games is what decompresses our mind, where we say, hey. You know what? We did it. Great job. Now let's release some dopamine and like play some games with friends. That's what recreationals do. Those aspiring pros, they're the ones that's practicing seven days a week, 12 hours a day. They're creating highlights. They're doing their social media marketing. I mean, that's what they're doing. And again, all power to them. But I would say the recreational side truly is just, hey, we love what we do. Let's continue to do. So the organizations that do have buy-in, where are they getting their players from? Everywhere. I would say YouTube, Twitch. I mean, these organizations watch the leaderboards of specific games. So it's just a matter of like continuing to put yourself out there, going back to it. If you really want to do it, you can do it. But again, it's if I want to go to the NFL, it's probably not going to happen. But if there's a way that I can get into the NFL, then it's, again, maybe it might be through a, a partnership side, maybe it's a revenue side, maybe it might be a marketing side. I can go different routes to be involved with the NFL but I know for a fact that I will never be a professional. And it's kind of the same component here. It's like, you can say that you want to be a professional all you want, but again, I'm going to be here for saying real, being realistic. If you want to become an esports like professional, be a professional in the corporate side. You don't need to be a professional player. Because again, they have community managers who still involved with themselves with the professional players. You have a photographer and videographer who's right there with all the professionals as well. Be a coach, you know, be a, be a shoutcaster, be everything and anything that you want in the space itself to get involved. So tell us a little bit about the coaching side. So how, how do coaches become a, how, how does someone become a coach for a gamer? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that, that's where, again, like I know where I fall short. And then it's just a matter of like the organization side with esports itself. Like, I don't know how to create a team. I don't know how to, uh, you know, train a uh, 10 year old in Fortnite to build like when I play Fortnite, I just think it's Call of Duty. I just go out and shoot people, and then people are no, no, no. The concept of the game is to build. I'm like, then I play Minecraft, and it's a, there's like a disconnect in my head. So to be able to coach that is just a completely different level. And again, those are actual professionals, and most of the coaches are actually ex pros, and it makes more sense that way because again, as an ex pro, you've played the game at the highest level possible. Now it's again kind of regurgitating what your mindset is to these younger players, let their kind of reaction time take place. But again, you, you're going to help them build a foundation of this is what I did in the past. Let's try to enhance that. Let's come up with different strategies. And that's kind of how I would say a coach is molded. It's becoming a player, an ex-pro, and da 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 or you just break game sense and you're just transferring yourself over from a recreational player 
and now you're a coach of a tier one esports uh, team. Okay. Okay. So I'm starting to see a little bit more of understanding. Um, to me, all of this is new. So I did have these questions and I know parents are have been asking me. So one final question that I have for you, Chino, is what is the content? What does the calendar look like for esports? What's coming up? What are some things that um, people in the community can, can look forward to? Um, something that gamers um, can get involved with? What are some big, big, big events that you guys are having next? October 30th, we have Nishi Fest. Nishi Fest is a essentially a Comic-Con slash car show. It's going to be with uh, several different cosplayers, uh, voice actors. You're going to have different anime players. Then from the other side, from the car show perspective, you'll have a bunch of JDM cars. So it's just going to be a great, great event. The energy is going to be awesome. Again, you can find more information on our website. In November, November 20th, we have the Esports Awards. That's not open to the public, but that's something that you can watch digitally. And you don't need to come out to the stadium to watch it. But again, you'll be able to see all the major influencers and talents throughout the industry. And you'll see how diverse it is. And you'll be able to see what, how you can get involved with the esports industry from, you know, being the best legal team, being the best. Uh, like, there's so many different awards to look at. And it's going to be a great, great event. And then in December, if I'm not mistaken, I would have to look at my calendar. But we have a uh, food drive, essentially, that if you guys want to help out with. We are just going to be accepting food, canned food, obviously non-perishable, so that we're able to help out the, you know, the underprivileged community, and we can really, really push ourselves out there to help and really give them an outlet. And if you donate uh, canned food and uh, non-perishables, you get to come out to the stadium and play for free for the entire day. So again, just trade-offs there, just little things, but yeah, things to look out for. And next year, anything big next year? The beginning of the year. Beginning of the year, I would say just go to our website. Stay keep in today. I don't want to give you everything now. Again, just kind of stay up to date. Follow us on our socials. You'll have everything there. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, Gino, let them know where can they find you guys. Let them know about your website and your social media handles. Everything is Esports Stadium. So our handles are Esports Stadium for Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, the whole nine yards. And then on our website, it's EsportsStadium.gg. Very very simple. So. Can't, you can't forget us. <laughs> no, you're unforgettable. We definitely cannot forget you. Well, Chino, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining me on today's episode. And guys, thank you so much for lending me your ears and spending your time with me listening to this episode. As always, peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> Have a great day.